0: A circle simple round refined a shape that was spoken into existence with the universe and a shape that holds powerful meaning we see this shape all over creation the Sun stars our earth and we find it in some of our most precious possessions it's a beautiful symbol of wholeness and completeness a symbol of infinite motion It's a shape that represents love and commitment and a symbol of unity. Unity. An idea of connectedness even when separated. To be a group of people moving in the same direction with the same heartbeat. It's an idea that we, as a family of churches, are better together than we are by ourselves. We were never meant to be alone. And we believe in being a community of action. That our love for one another will drive us beyond the four walls into our communities to share the transformative presence of God with our neighbors. It's a love that brings families back together. That's the community we strive to be. Bringing heaven to earth. Amazing things happen when a group of people commit to one cause. When they rally around the same mission, something happens. You have a movement, a God-given mission and vision for our future. God has given all of us a unique part to play in accomplishing what he has set before us. And we are most impactful when we stay true to who God has called us to be. Because the kingdom of God doesn't need any more replication of other ministries. And it doesn't need any more imitation. What it needs is innovation that comes through obedience. For we experience no greater freedom than when we are walking in step with Christ and going where he has called us to go. But we know that our God is for us. And we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So here we stand with a lamp on our feet and a light on our path, coming alive to our calling. For we are Grace Capital Church, and this is our awakening.
1: Well, this is the last week of this series. I know, it hasn't been good though. Well, today, you came here probably with everybody having a different week. Either you came here with a burden from the week prior, maybe you came here with some news that you didn't expect, that something's heavy on your heart. Maybe you just kind of feel tired and worn out. Some of you maybe feel charged and ready to go. Whatever it is, I want you to know that Jesus wants to meet your need. That the Holy Spirit is here to meet your need today. We sang a song about coming to the table, and and the table of the Lord really is a place that we can feast at because it's... It's through him that all of the sufficiency of what we need in life comes only from him. It doesn't come just by good ideas, it doesn't come just by friends, though those are all friends are important, but it comes by Jesus himself is our sufficiency for life. Jesus himself is not here with us, he's in heaven. But the Holy Spirit is alive and well. And we have his word, which we're going to talk about today, which is living and active. And that's him, that's Jesus, who is alive in us because we know that Jesus is the word. I felt uh, this morning, though, and uh, uh, I'm trying not to be emotional this morning because, uh, I don't know, the Spirit of God just doing something Is Abby here? Is my daughter here? If she's here, raise your hand. She might be working in one of the kids' rooms. Is she here? She was going to be here first service. She's not? All right. Well, she's off the hook. I was going to bring my daughter up. I haven't seen her in two days. She was staying over at a friend's house uh, here in Concord. And and, uh, why I was going to bring her up is, one, I was going to let her let her know in front of everybody how much she means to me. One. But number two was understanding that we we have a family. I have my immediate family, but I also have my church family. And I want to let you know that you're my church family. And God is doing something and yet, he's drawn everybody here collectively together. God is moving, and, and he's, he's bringing individuals here, and he's having other people go to other places, and there's, there's, a, there's a moving and there's a shaking. And that's a good thing, because that means God is organizing and reorganizing and aligning things. Not bad, it's just what God is doing. When you, when you grow as, as a parent and, and you raise kids and eventually you, you bring to this place where your kids, there's a point in time where it's good for them to leave the house, right? <laughs> My son is just getting ready to start getting his license. He's driving now. And and I never thought I would love to see the day where he starts to drive. I always thought I'd be really nervous about it. But now it's like I'm carting these kids everywhere. I am like, please start driving if you get in an accident, just don't get hurt, but that's okay. I just want you on the road. Go. <laughs> but God does something when his spirit is in the middle of something. And this is why this Awakening series was so powerful for me. Do you realize that, that our mission, vision, and values as Grace Capital Church, they, they do look a little different than, than when this fir- church first got started? And that's okay because we're staying true to who Jesus is calling us to as a church. But we're also saying it's a new season and the Lord is doing something new. And so we are coming in alignment with him. And getting everybody on the same page to go a direction to make an impact for the kingdom. So this last message is, we're going to be talking about how it's so important to have the word of God in us. So we went through our, our values, our seven values. And by the way, where did this come from? It wasn't just one person's idea. It's back in, we call it the Berea meetings. Back in either January, February, when was it, Pastor Kevin? February, that we all got together, uh, a good majority of our pastoral staff, and, and we were praying together, and we were seeking God together, and we worked this out together. And collectively, we get to own what it is that God is is doing. And for us, each one of us that's in this room, we get to then participate in that, and every one of us in each of our locations. Also, you see, we're a family of churches, Grace Capital churches, that will continue to make an impact around the state of New Hampshire and wherever the Lord is sending us to bring heaven to earth wherever we are and wherever we're sent. If you... We'll take your Bibles with me, and, and and I want us to go into Hebrews chapter four. Hebrews, um, probably until the third century, people thought that Paul actually wrote Hebrews, but it is it's highly contested of of who actually wrote Hebrews. Scholars today would actually say that that we really are safe to say we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but we do know that it was canonized. It is it is the word of God, and. And it says something to us. Do you guys believe in the authority of the Word of God? Do you believe that it is for us? And it is good for us to be in the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verses verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. By the way, one of the things that we read in the Bible, Jesus says this, one of our kind of our missional statements that Jesus has placed us on. You might describe it a little differently, but go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is why this is here today. If you are here today at the end of the service, and you've never been baptized, if you're sprinkled as a baby, no good. We believe in a believer's baptism, which means that when you come to a place of being able to decide for yourself that you want the Jesus, the Lord of your, Jesus to be the Lord of your life, then it's important to be baptized. Baptism does not save you, but it is an outward sign of what God has already done inwardly in your heart. Why is baptism important? is because you're telling all your family, friends. A congregation that you know what Jesus is now the most important in my life. So the reason I tell you this now is because your heart's going to go a little pitter patter, and you're going to like try to talk yourself out of this by the end of the service, or you're going to talk yourself into this. I don't want to be talking in or talking out. I just want you to respond to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. If you've never been baptized today, we have shorts and T-shirts. Out back, right outside of the, um, the bathrooms, you can just get changed, and today can be your day to be baptized. Now, if you don't know Jesus um, as your Lord and Savior, that's an important part. It is a believer's baptism, and I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you are here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're going to invite you to receive him, but also then immediately... You're going to want to get baptized. You don't need to wait for the next time around. So, I just wanted to prep you a little bit. Let's go back to this Hebrew scripture for a second. The Word of God is living and active. What does that mean? It means that it actually is alive. It actually means that as you read it, if you read it the right way, when I say the right way, it doesn't mean you have to be a theologian, but you have to read it like it has authority, like it has power, like it is alive and active. You see, as a kid, I read the Bible, and when I was a little guy, all I knew of the Bible, I thought it was just Bible stories, not actual fact, you know, it's like I'd go to Sunday school and there would be like a little flannel board and the little people, you'd set them all up and do, 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 walk over here and there would be a tomb and a, these little flannel people. And then I, then as a teenager, I, I started trying to read it and it's like, where do I start? This is so overwhelming. And then you, you get hung up in Leviticus where there's like all kinds of blood and guts. And it's like, what, what is this? But you see, I was reading it like it was a textbook, like somehow it's just for information. It is not just for information, it is for transformation. Because if it's living and it's active, and we're going to get into how it pierces parts of our life, we realize that it is for our good and it's for our life and it is for us to become more like Jesus that we need to be in the Word of God. It's not a textbook, it's just not an instruction manual. It is actually the words of Jesus that has the ability to transform your life. It's powerful. It's living, active. That word active actually translated in the Greek is called energies, the Greek word. And what it is 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 really is where we get the word energy from. It is, it's moving, it's dynamic, it's the reason why you can read the same scripture different parts in your life and you realize it means something different to you at that moment in time. Because it is forever changing. It's forever moving. It's dynamic. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Sharper than any two-edged sword. I don't know what image comes to your mind when you when you think about it, it is not like a long sword. It's actually more like a dagger. These daggers that were actually both sharp, sharp on both sides were the sharpest of instruments. It has the ability to cut into the most detailed area. It's like a surgeon's scalpel, even sharper than that. I, I want us to turn to Revelation for a moment because there is another place where we hear about the Sharp two-edged sword. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 16. Talking about Jesus, it says, In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. Out of his mouth. You see, because the word of God is has this ability to cut into the very places that we don't think have the ability to be cut into. Because he says this two-edged sword can cut through joint and marrow. Do you know where your marrow is in your body? It is the innermost part of your bones. It is like deep in the crevice of the deepest crevices of who you are the Word of God has the ability to cut through all the aspects of who you are. Also in Revelation chapter 2, it's in red, Jesus' words. Verse 12. And the angel of the church in Pergamum write, the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. Jesus. Jesus is the Word. And the interesting thing is when we begin to read the Word, it's actually like Jesus begins to read us. I I know some of you might be a little afraid of that thought. (laughs) Really? Jesus gets to read us? Guess what, guys? There's, there's no hiding anything from Jesus anyways. He sees it all. Now, he doesn't hold your sins against you. In other words, he's not up there shaking his head. Oh, yeah, there's Bobby again, messing up again. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm, getting ready to whack him. No, he, he doesn't do that. But what he wants to do is he wants to make us the full us that we were designed and created to be. The, the complete us. And we want the Word of God to read us because it makes us the complete us. So as he begins to, we begin to read the Word of God, it cuts to the innermost parts of who we are. It says... For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of soul and spirit. Our soul and spirit. You see, the word of God begins to align our soul and spirit. It divides it, yes. It cuts between it, yes. What he's saying is it has the ability to take something that's not natural, but something supernatural, which is the way our spirit works with our body and our soul, and is able to cut in through that and is al- allowing us to align those things to make us the complete us, the real us, piercing. I'm a little ashamed to admit, but I once had a piercing. When as I, I was in high school, I, I promise it was it was kind of cool back then. I'm looking back now, and I wouldn't, I'm ashamed to tell my kids I had an earring, and actually I had two earrings. I, I pierced them myself. It was a pin and an ice cube behind it. I don't know what I was thinking. I was a messed up kid, but by The Word of God beginning to read me, it began to pierce me in the very places that I need to be pierced, and a two-edged sword began to carve little things out of my being that I have started picking up through life, the things that were actually burdens, the things that were actually bondages in my life, and he began to start cutting them out of my life. You see, but here's the thing. You can't read it like a textbook, and you can't just read it like, I need more information. You have to say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Let your divine authority come into my life. Let divine revelation transform me. I was 22, and I told you the story about my encounter with the Holy Spirit. And at that moment in time, the Word of God became life to me. I remember driving. I was so I just couldn't believe how it just popped out at me, that, that I brought my Bible wherever I went, and I, at the red lights in my car, I, liked, I used every moment I could, I'd have people beep at me because I'd be like, so into the scriptures, at the stoplights. I couldn't get enough. Why? Because it was transforming me, not just in my mind but in the very most inner parts of who I am. Dividing my spirit and my soul. Going into the very core of who I am, into my marrow of my being. Discerning my thoughts and my intentions of the heart. And I I love this, discerning our thoughts, which is your mind, but the intentions of the heart, which is so powerful. Things that you can't even put thought to sometimes. Isn't it amazing that the Word of God can do this for us? Absolutely. But here's the thing. When it becomes alive and active, we have to act on it. You see, it only becomes active when we act on it. You see, we have to live it out. We can't just read it for information expect transformation. We have to act on it, and it becomes active. It becomes alive when we actually put motion to what we read. My question for us today is, when's the last time you read the Scripture and actually acted on it? That's why I love our journaling process, because of that A, that application part of that SOAP. I promise you, this is not a journaling message. You hear it time and time again, because we believe in reading the Word of God and applying it to our life. But the A, application. We need to be applying, we need to be acting on what we read in the Word of God. So how do we get more of this word in us? Yes, we can journal, but you know what? There's a lot of other cool things. You can put some apps on your phone that begins to be a little daily reminder, puts a scripture there. There's a place in Deuteronomy, which I love, because they so believed in the Word of God, even in the Old Testament Word. This is after Moses received the law that, that it began to say, right on your doorposts, Place it on your gates, and you also have this little phylactery, which was scriptures written in little boxes that people wore on their heads. That would be kind of weird. But that's what they did. And this whole idea of saying, hey, the scripture is so important. Would you place it in places that you'll read it and refresh your memory on it and have it begin to get inside of who you are? post some scriptures on your mirror so when you're shaving or if you're not shaving in November or when when you are brushing your teeth scripture begins to read you. You're just not just reading it. Let it read you. How about when you're in your car post a little scripture by your speedometer. Maybe it's Place it places where you're going to be at your place of work. If you go to school, then put it in the front of your textbooks or in your backpack. We begin to see scripture that begins to speak to you and come into the innermost parts of your being. But you see, you have to allow it to. Otherwise, it just becomes words on a piece of paper. It's not alive and active if you look at it as just information or if you just look at it words. But if you say, let it read me. Let it come into me and begin to change me and let me act on it. In Ephesians 5, 26, it talks about the washing of the word. You see, the other interesting thing about this idea of the word washing us. It says streams of living water will begin to flow through us. You see, it's not just for us, but it's so people can see the power of Jesus in us. You see, as we allow the word of God to begin to wash our minds and wash our souls and washes our spirit, we begin to live differently because we are transformed by the power of the word. We begin to live differently, and the streams of living water are going to flow through us, which means actually Jesus flows through us. The Holy Spirit flows through us. If you want to look up that scripture later, that's Ephesians 5.26. John 7.38 says, The streams of living water will flow through you. See, it not only washes you, but then it flows through you that people will know and see the goodness of who Jesus is. The power of him. Because I'll tell you what, who I am today is not who I was when I was a teenager. It's not just because I grew up. It's because the word of God has transformed me. The power of the Holy Spirit has transformed me. And, and here's the thing. Why the Holy Spirit is so important in this whole equation is because the Holy Spirit helps us to understand the word of God. This scripture is meant to be not just a love letter, but it's to reveal things to you. It's to be revelatory. It is to give you revelation and read it like that. Read it with anticipation of God. What are you saying to me? Read it so it reads you. And again, I I already know some people are like, man, that just seems so potentially painful that it's going to read the innermost parts of who I am because I know who I am and I don't like who I am but he doesn't again doesn't do it to condemn you he does it to make the better version of you to be who you were created to be that God would begin to give you this freedom give you this wholeness remove the bondages to give you hope and a life See, when we begin to say that, it's, it's not to, to control you or this is the rule book or this is, you know, it's a burden on you. It's actually freedom. He wants to give you freedom, but we need to be in this to allow it to speak to us, to allow it to read us. John 1. Richie, you can come at this time. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 1 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, was not anything made that was made. God wants to make you into the beautiful creation that he created you to be. He wants to remake you because what happens is you were born into this world and the sins of the world began to collect on you. We live in a fallen place. We have a sin nature. And that's why we need to be born again. Because being born again actually changes who we are. And he's saying, will you allow me the word? Jesus says, I am the word. And Jesus created everything. And he has the ability to recreate you into the person that you're meant to be. You see, God has a plan and a purpose for each one in this room. He does. You just weren't put on this earth just to exist. You just weren't there to to have a job, go to school. He's, He's specifically designed you to accomplish great things for Him. But over time, through our decisions and Through our circumstances, we've collected all this junk. And he's saying, you know, let my word bring streams of living water to you. And let my spirit speak to you. The, The word of God would reveal things to you. And as we read this scripture, as it comes alive, living and active, and as we allow it to do surgery on the innermost parts of who we are, We begin to walk with greater freedom, greater hope, greater confidence, greater boldness. And as the streams flow through us, the world around us begins to change because people will see Jesus and his power in us.